Happy Wednesday. What is Murder and Mediumship doing putting out episodes on a Wednesday? Well, I'm glad you didn't ask. This is not your typical murder or missing person episode, but in fact, something entirely different. You may have noticed a shift in the way I speak about cases on the show, and that's because of an experience I had while binge watching Maura Murray's sister's TikTok page. The way that I was speaking about these victims of these tragic crimes needed to shift, and, and I knew that, but I wasn't sure how. And if I wasn't going to be talking about what I believe may have happened to them, then what was I going to do in order to fulfill the, quote, mediumship part of the show? See, looking into these crimes, I'm able to feel what is utter BS and what is honest information. It's it's kind of like human lie detector style, right? But I also don't want to misconstrue a vision or a download that I have about a case. If I misinterpret it, I'm not here to give false hope to anyone that may stumble on this podcast. And I've had numerous family members of victims reach out and thank me for giving their loved ones some space and turning up the volume about their cases when it wasn't really happening with law enforcement or when it felt overall like a cold case despite being labeled an active investigation. However, one thing remains very clear to me. I will never do anything that goes against my gut instincts. And my gut, my intuition, tells me that there's more to the show than missing and murdered persons. In fact, there are a large number of listeners who are not only into true crime, but are also curious about the psychic side of things, the mediumship side. One of my favorite things about TikTok is that the last over the last few years, well, there continues to be a lot of scam artists out there looking to profit off of the vulnerabilities of others. Those exist in every industry. There's also been a number of healers who are showing other people that they're not alone in their spiritual journey, that they're absolutely not air quotes crazy for feeling their intuition is more than just a gut feeling, or that they're not air quotes crazy for believing that there's life after death or that the higher self is capable of providing them guidance. These creators help us to validate what we feel by showing us that we're not alone with these experiences. And really, it's quite the contrary. So this episode, I would like to share with all of you what it was like for me experiencing life as a psychic with the gift of mediumship before I really knew what was going on with me. So pour a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy the episode. You are still listening to Murder and Mediumship, and I am still your host, Catherine, psychic medium and true crime lover. But this segment is the newest addition to the show, Coffee and Conjurings, to be released every Wednesday and focused on more of the spiritual side of existence, but in a way that doesn't feel so unordinary, kind of demystifying it. You don't have to howl at the moon and have an overwhelming collection of tarot cards, crystals, and incense to be aware of a higher spiritual existence or to be intuitively gifted. I do have all of those things, though, though I don't howl at the moon. At least, like, not yet. This segment is going to be more conversational, so grab a cup of coffee, pop in your earphones, and let's chat. If you're only here for the crime, go ahead and skip the Wednesday episodes, though, and know that I'll always be here on Mondays with the crime tea to spill. Something that's been nagging at me ever since I came out to the general public as a psychic was the idea of spirit guides. And I want to start by saying that if you're trying to get in touch with your guides or you don't really know how to do that, the first rule of energy work is that intention is more than half the battle. So very simply speaking out loud, really informally, 
hey, guys, I know you're here. I know you're around. And uh, thanks for that. I'd kind of love if you'd help me out with some guidance. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm open to this. Kind of giving them like permission to be in your space in a noisier way. So if you're looking to kind of meet them, so to speak, or to get to know them, then yeah, absolutely go click through YouTube and try out a handful of meditations. But it's not something that you have to have some big grand reveal where you see them and you're crying and you're weeping and you have this huge experience. It's not like that for everyone, okay? So if you feel like it's not going for you, like it's gone for other creators and other healers in these spaces, don't worry about it. It's going to be different for you than it was for them. And it's it's different for us even day to day sometimes. So much of this journey is self-led though. And it's important to take the initiative to do this on your own the meditations and that sort of thing. And if you're looking for group work, I do host a class every few months for some one-on-one work. And I am working on recorded self-paced class for anyone who wants to explore that more, but it never fits their schedule. However, what if you're not even sure if you're intuitive and your experiences just flat out confuse you? As a teenager, I for sure had some fairly mild experiences with the other side, and then I had some fairly intense ones. We're talking speakers flying off the wall and the whole nine, which is a story for another time. But somewhere in between of seeing full-body apparitions in my neighbor's yard and having the most vivid dreams, I experienced a ton of things that I now recognize as the signs I've missed along the way that I was psychic and had the potential to tune into my abilities to develop into a practicing medium as well. So think of this as a mini rundown of what you may experience or may have experienced in the past. And if you no longer experience these things, you can kind of turn it back on or re-strengthen that intuitive muscle. So no worries, it's not gone forever. But these are things that are very uh, could be very indicative of having a higher intuition rather than just being what other people may label you as crazy. I don't really care for that word, but you know, that's what most people would say. One of the most common things you'll hear about is hearing your name whispered or spoken out loud when no one's around. And I can remember laying in my bed in the dead of the night with the blanket pulled up over my nose and around my ears because it just felt like someone was always watching me or was just outside my room in the hallway and hearing my name whispered almost harshly. Kitty. Or being upstairs alone and hearing my name shouted from downstairs when I was the only one home. Or the opposite, being downstairs and hearing the floor being walked on and then hearing my name called from the top of the stairs or feeling like it was even whispered directly in your ear while you're standing in front of the sink or in the living room just sitting down. And I can I can still remember physically what it felt like to hear that because it was so bone chilling to me. Um In my mom's house, I would be happy to go into great detail about how much that place scared the ever-loving crap out of me as a kid and oh, more as a teenager and now even as an adult, how I get nervous going back there to stay the night. Um, People who later come into their intuition and start working with it will almost always tell you that they've had experiences like this as younger people or that they even still experience it today. I know my husband hears his name whispered in the house every once in a while, and he's like, he'll turn around and say, what did you say? I'm like, my dude, I was not calling you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It was not me. Kids are asleep. You're just going to have to deal with that. (laughs) So the thing is, though, that you'll find it doesn't happen only where you live, but almost kind of anywhere you go. You'll hear your name when no one is with you. And not every time you leave the house, obviously, but I mean, you'll find that it happens in different places. It's not constricted to just the home that you live in. And you know, I just, it just kind of, I remembered when I was walking through 
walking through, scrolling through TikTok, and I had a very similar experience to something that someone had shared on there. They were talking about hearing sounds that sounded like a muffled radio, but it doesn't really make any sense as to why you'd be hearing it. And it's it's not like it's coming from outside. It's right there in the room with you, but it's not in the room with you at the same time. I remember being in our old house. Uh, we just moved this past May. But I remember being in our old house and one of the first nights we were there, we had all the windows closed and we were, um, my husband was sleeping. I was far from it because I was just nervous and nervous energy and it was a new place, right? And I woke him up. I was like, do you hear that? It sounds like the radio was on. I was like, what are those? You could hear two men like talking over a radio. I was like, what are they talking about? And I get up and I put my ear to the window and I open the window and I'm listening. I'm like, okay, that is not outside. And I woke my husband up. I said, do you hear that? He goes, I don't hear anything. I'm like, you got to stop it. Like, do you hear that? And this was before I really dove deep into um, developing my gifts, but I had no idea where it was coming from. And it happened like three or four times after that as well. And he would never hear it. It drove me crazy that he could never hear it. Um, Right alongside hearing your name called when it can't possibly be called is seeing things out of the corner of your eye. And I know a lot of you are just like, oh, that's me too. But it's just a quick flash or you could have sworn with like 99.9% certainty that someone had been standing there when no one was. But we use that 0.01% to really convince ourselves that there's no way we saw anything, right? It's just not logical. This is another one that I hear all the time though, when people are starting to put together the pieces of realizing that they're fairly intuitive. This is your clairvoyance though. It's the ability to see energy that others cannot. You're not hallucinating. Unless of course you're hallucinating and see a doctor. I'm not one of those. One more fairly popular sign of possibly having a psychic gift though, and learning to control my gifts helped this to not be an issue anymore, but your extremely vivid dreams that you have almost feel like experiences more than they do feel like dreams. In fact, you might even wake up more tired than when you were, than when you went to bed and getting in touch with your guides and maybe even taking a class or two. I'm not saying for me, there are plenty of teachers out there. But if it's me, that would be great too. This can help you learn to ground yourself, to set boundaries so that spirit's less likely to bring messages to you when you're supposed to be resting. I tell my guides every night that I remember to, y'all, I need a restful night of sleep. No messages while I sleep. And when I do this, I also create space and time in the day to reflect for even a few minutes. And I know that time is valuable. I'm a mom of three. We're super busy in our day-to-day. But it's so important that if you want to work on your intuition, you give yourself space for quiet listening, whether that's meditation in the traditional sense or intuitive walking where you walk without headphones in and you allow your mind to clear through focusing on various outdoor sounds, through being super aware and focused on details of flowers, trees, birds, anything you choose to fixate on during your time outdoors. And it'll help to distract your conscious mind, to clear your head for some spirit guide time. And this is one of my favorite ways to meditate. I I, I hate that meditation kind of gets put in this like glass box where this is the only way to do it. And it's absolutely not. You don't have to sit in peaceful ohms and go deeply that way. You can also meditate in other ways. I mean, when I put my makeup on in the morning, when no one else is awake, if I'm doing that, that becomes, that's a quiet thing, no music, no podcasts, no radio, no nothing is on, nothing at all. And in that silence, I do some deep breathing while I'm putting my makeup on. And the very like methodical movements of doing it is very soothing. And it allows my mind to kind of open up a little bit more as well. 
So you don't have to meditate in the traditional sense, but you do have to find that time for the quiet. That's one of the best ways to get in touch with your guides and to start listening to your own intuition is by going within and quieting down, which is the one thing that a lot of people have a lot of resistance around. I know that I said only one more, but if you're also someone who's super sensitive to energy, like when you walk into a room where there was just an argument, even though the argument is over and no one's indicated in any way to you that any heated words were exchanged, you would be none the wiser. You're going to feel like something is off or you approach a couple. This would happen all the time when I was waiting tables. I would go up to a table where they're being super polite to each other. Everything looks as if it should be like chill, good, happy people out to eat. You could, I could feel like the tension. I'd walk away and be like, Oh, I feel like they just argued walking into this place or something. Or maybe they didn't like how long the wait was. I don't know, but you could feel the tension. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So have you ever looked at someone or looked at their photo and just thought like, man, I don't like this person only to find out later that your initial intuitive reaction to them was spot on? You got to trust that. You're not judging these people. You should still give them the benefit of the doubt, but also keep keep yourself at a distance. Listen to your gut instincts when they tell you if someone feels safe and comfortable to you or not. And I used to do this with my parents' room when I was younger. They divorced when I was in the sixth grade, but I will never forget how heavy their room felt when I was younger. Um, I would walk into their bedroom and it always felt to me, and I mean, looking back, it makes sense. This is where they would argue when we were asleep, but it always felt really heavy and it always felt like someone was like looming over me. My grandmother's house too was super haunted and I will also share way more stories about that in another episode, but I dreaded going to her house. And I remember going up her stairs to use the bathroom and not wanting to so, so badly, walking past the very small room on the right, not wanting to. And I mean, leaping past it, not really walking as fast as I could into the bathroom where I would slam the door, go as fast as I could and run past that tiny room back down the stairs to the safety of everybody else. My brother and sister were also freaked out by that room, and we would either just fly past the stairs in the hallway when we were downstairs, or we'd stand at the bottom of said stairs and just stare because there was something that was just drawing us up there, and we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know we were kids. This has to be one of my earliest memories, too, just standing in that house and looking up at the stairs, and when I really stopped to think about it, I... It, it still freaks me out. But I got to explore that house again as an adult in my late 20s, long after my grandma had moved out and long after she had passed away. And the energy was still just as intense. It, it really like, I think about that house a lot, still freaks me out. Um, one more thing though, when you are feeling the energy of, of something in a room and you're not used to working with energy or learning to identify what it is or who it is with you, It's important to remember that the presence of any energy whatsoever could be enough to make you feel uncomfortable because you can't see it with your physical eyes. It's going to feel almost like a threat because you should be able to see what's in a room with you, right? So even if you're feeling like grandma's in the corner watching you lovingly, it could still freak you out because the energy you feel is just that there's an energy that doesn't belong there and your fight or flight kind of kicks in with that. And that's why you're going to feel uncomfortable even if it is a good energy that is with you. Um, It's just difficult to discern when you don't have any experience doing so, or it can be difficult. I shouldn't say that it absolutely is. But anyway, I would love to hear some listener stories about weird or strange experiences that y'all have had. So feel free to write into the show about anything that gave you the chills or just didn't feel right to you. 
and believe that you like, and you believe that they had to be paranormal. So send your stories to Catherine Galvin at CatherineAnnIntuitive.com or DM them to me on Instagram, Catherine.Ann.Intuitive. Of course, everything's linked. I will never DM you about a reading, never, ever, ever. So don't give those frauds your money. I have one Instagram account and I will never cold message you like that. If you'd like a reading, you can book that on my website, CatherineAnnIntuitive.com, and that is the only way to do it. In fact, use 10% off with Code Conjurings to commemorate the new segment of Murder and Mediumship. And as we head out, I'd really like to leave you with our first listener story. This story came as a DM on Instagram from our friend Ginger. Ginger writes, so creepy intuitive story. I'm a 911 dispatcher, and several years ago, I took a call from a dead guy. A man called 911 was struggling to breathe or speak, and he was talking in a low voice, definitely in distress. He gave his address that he couldn't breathe, then I heard the phone drop and the line stayed open. I told the responding paramedic I think he just went into respiratory arrest, and I remained on the line and heard the responders enter his home, trying to wake him up. I hung up. A little bit later, the paramedic called and asked who called this in. I told him the patient called for himself, and I explained everything. They told me it was impossible because he's been dead for at least six hours or more. I played the call tapes back and we all listened together. He called, but he was clearly dead. I have some intuition and although I tap into and pay more attention now than I did then, I feel I was meant to take that call so he could communicate because he wanted to be found before too much time had passed. Well, friends, that is... That's interesting because there's actually a case where a woman came to uh, one of her friends and kept telling her that um, she was murdered and she was like telling them how to find her murderer. It's it's a really interesting case. I'll see if I can find a link to it um, to put in the show notes. But she finds she names her murderer through a visitation and these people go to the cops and the cops actually are able to arrest this guy Um I don't remember exactly how it all went down, but I, I mean, I don't think it's impossible. I think it's pretty creepy unless the murderer just straight up like called and said he was him or I don't know, maybe he wasn't murdered. I just assumed he was murdered because high true crime. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about him being murdered, huh? So maybe it was, maybe it was him. Who am I to say? That's a pretty cool story though. And I am so grateful that you shared that with us. Thank you so much, Ginger, for breaking the ice with our first listener story. And to everybody else, thank you for listening. Send in your stories and your regular murder story will be back on Monday. Come back next Wednesday, though, for another segment of Coffee and Conjurings and this one with a special guest. Don't forget to be kind to others.